0: You come right out of a comic book. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time? Uh, just a drink, a martini, shaken, not stirred. You shall
1: not pass! No! Get to the chopper!
0: Welcome to Screen Mayhem. This episode, we're talking cult Christmas movies, and who knows what that means anyway. Um, I think we'll find some clarity in talking to our guests. So first up, we have writer, poet, and educator, Taylor Hunsberger. How are you doing, Taylor?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: Excellent. Um, you are on the East Coast, so uh, you've got some snow, I guess?
1: Not right now. No. We have. We uh, got still. Snow- last week and it's still on the ground but it's not snowing right now
0: so no guarantee for a snowy christmas
1: no it looks like it's gonna rain
0: okay that's what we get here in the pacific northwest just rain um well yeah that leads uh who would you have guessed is next but movie man supreme himself paul salt hey paul (laughs) hello there i feel like it's a bit of a step down from poet and educator to movie
2: man Well, you know, you, you choose your role in life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I choose movie man. That is absolutely correct. And I'm I'm very happy with that description. Anyone I've ever met. And I am probably 10 years older than you. And I've made it my life to watch movies. So <laughs> all I did is, is it's really props, man. But yeah, you're no educator.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never taught anyone anything. People are always dumber having spoken to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, so what is a cult Christmas movie? Um, I do think it's a little bit open. So I went into this thinking because we just kind of just said it. So I was thinking in the beginning, like, well, I got to find all those ones I've watched that are cult and different. And you kind of threw that thing. It's like, why well, aren't they all horror? And I was like, oh, yeah. All my cult Christmas movies yeah. are pretty much horror films. And so I'm sticking with that. But there is that argument. And I just wanted to bring it up, to see what you both think of it. That, you know, the classic diehard argument, right? Is diehard yeah. a Christmas movie? Is Gremlins a Christmas movie?
2: Mm. well i think for me there are two kinds of christmas movies there are movies that are about christmas and movies that use christmas as a setting right so when we talk about christmas films we're really talking about two different genres of thing um and sometimes the movies that just use it as a setting are doing so and in particular with the cult films they're doing so in order to add a level of irony to whatever it is that's going on you know what could Add a slightly dark comedic um, vent to this story about terrorists in a high rise. Well, what if it was also happening at Christmas? Right. You know, and that movie's all about um, mm-hmm. traditional, <laughs> old-fashioned values winning over against a kind of weird '80s new wave of um, of family values. So.
0: It was you doing know. a lot of things in that way, right? It was like, okay, <laughs> we're we're having this like uh, this black hero and this white male hero, but then mm. his wife was kind of tougher than most action movies up to that point. So yeah, sort I of like that of level good. the playing field. Yeah, mm. it, I don't know. What do you think, Taylor? <laughs> Die Hard, Gremlins. Lethal I have.
1: <laughs> I've never seen Die Hard. Oh um, wow! Yeah, I actually um didn't get into like really watching movies until i worked at a movie theater uh starting in 2017 and so i'm still catching up on all of the classics and i'm not an action fan so i still have not Mm. seen die hard but i kept thinking about it this week
0: yeah Um, maybe it's time this christmas i mean (laughs) it's there it it really is kind of a wholesome film for an action film that really at the end of the day murders a lot of people but it's wholesome it's (laughs) also it's also campy as
2: hell it's you've got delicious alan rickman camping up in his very best german accent um i think it's a it's meant to be a group of german terrorists but not one of them is played by a german man you've got like swedes and the odd asian terrorists and it's just this weird sort of just
0: foreigners have attacked and, There's a yeah, great it's... scene where Alan Rickman starts yelling some German at a German guy and the German guy can't understand. Yes. So uh, something to... translated. <laughs> oh, I
2: can't remember. I almost, almost remember the German he yells at shoot the glass uh, in Finster. Yeah, Fenster, right, right. yeah. Or something.
0: Sch- das Fenster <laughs>
2: <laughs> It's very campy, very silly. It has a great sense of humor about itself, as you'd expect from the guy who also, one of the writers, is the guy who directed Street Fighter, the movie, another yeah. classic.
0: Classic. Well, so that's gonna get away. I think we're each gonna do our top three. What we Check. decided was cult movies. And yeah, we'll see. Um I will, I want to throw back to Taylor for a minute because we did <laughs> definitely hit a wall on Die Hard, but Gremlins you've seen, right? Like?
1: I saw Gremlins probably like when I was a child and don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but I I have seen a lot of discourse on Twitter about Gremlins 2 being oh, great. It's so amazing.
2: Yeah, I haven't um, seen
0: Gremlins too. I've heard it's very good. Oh, it's yeah. amazing! It just takes the whole thing and, and craps all over it in the funnest way.
2: Yeah, because he didn't want to do it, did he? the 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 director he um he didn't want to come back and make another Gremlins movie, but he couldn't get work elsewhere, so he came back and decided to just completely mock the first the first movie.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, you know, I'm going to do this out of order then Because uh, I think uh, Taylor's going to probably surprise us With what her choices are So I'm going to let you go (laughs) first, Taylor Um, It's not in any order of, I guess I mean, maybe it is Why don't you save your best for last? So, yeah, we'll start with you What is uh, your third choice uh, for a cult Christmas film?
1: Okay, I will say I think my choices are not exactly cult Because I... I watched, I think most of the Christmas movies that I've seen are very mainstream movies, but I will say I think The Holiday. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't think
1: it's necessarily cult, but I'm saying that because I watched it for the first time a few weeks ago, and it definitely doesn't need to take place at Christmas at all, (laughs) and it's really not about Christmas at all, but I really... I really liked the relationships in it and that's the first time I saw Jack Black as like a lead um, or mm-hmm. like a, a, a very unconventional Jack Black lead. Um, yeah, so it was I was
0: feel... he could like go like he, before he started doing the belly flopping and constant screaming, like he was like, I want to make it in this world and it was a gentler, kinder Jack Black.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and the scene where he's in blockbuster and trying to like woo Kate Winslet um, in the blockbuster. And I like no blockbusters aren't real anymore. But <laughs> I really <laughs> just I really loved the like movie lover of him of his character because it was so uh like film like the the funness of film Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, like, the the camaraderie of that. Like, he just got that essence, even though this movie was made a while ago. Um, yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good one, um, and it makes me think of Christmas. And, I, I you know, mm. here's a funny thing about the holiday. I've never thought of it as not a Christmas movie because, like, why would you go on such a trip and, like, it, there's, like, a cold aspect to it and stuff? So it fits, but you're right. It didn't have to at all. It could just have been, like... <laughs> Airbnb swap or something or mm. God knows. But yeah, I, very, I
2: see very Christmassy aesthetic there. But one of the things I like to do, I live in a terrible flat in London. And so um it's actually a gorgeous flat in London. It's um it's just sometimes I like to dream of um a proper English life living in the countryside oh in cottage right so we always
0: picture
2: so sometimes i google um it's nice i'd like for you to think of me very much as like being in bag end right now as a movie watching hobbit unfortunately (laughs) it is not the case um it's more Dickensian than that i'm afraid in the most depressing depressing way possible but in googling floor plans for cottage so that i can imagine myself like moving around
0: yeah
2: uh, when you do that the floor plan that comes up like first is the cottage from the holiday um, with its little layout. So I think there's definitely a sort of lifestyle porn kind of aspect to it of um okay, oh sure. imagine if I could Christmas in a little cottage in the middle of the <laughs> country.
0: Go down to the pub and there's beautiful people ready to talk to you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jude Laws there. It's everything you ever hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool. Okay, right, well Paul, you're up number three. Okay. Um, oh god. Change of tone. Um I'm sorry to say that a lot of mine are <laughs> horror as well. I wish it wasn't yeah. the case. Um yeah, I could have t- I could have tried how to go for some action movies, or um, you know, I, I did wonder is there any Christmas sci-fi out there, and I could only think of the Christmas ho- um, Star Wars
0: holiday special with Life I, Day. I found one. They said it was a Christmas one, but I think it's more of a setting than about. And it was about right. um. I think it was time loop which is usually my jam but it it looked terrible. But yeah, I couldn't the other one that mm. always comes up when you look up sci-fi is the um Santa Claus versus the Martians which I know as <laughs> a mystery science theater movie. Right, yeah. Not a real. But I mean you can get it I guess and suffer through it. But, yeah. cuz <laughs> that's definitely an option for any sci-fi loving um Christmas
2: people out there. Um okay, I'm going to go with Black Christmas the classic. Mhm. Assuming I'm not standing on any toes, it's um 1974 Canadian horror film. And I am told that there's another aspect to this if you watch it as an American, because those accents don't quite fly. <laughs> um, apparently, the Canadian accents don't hold up. Although you do have some American stars in there. Um, I now suddenly doubt whether or not these people are actually American. Margot Kidder? Canadian-American. Fine, close enough.
0: Um, Margot Kidder. Uh, you know, I wonder about the lady, the old lady, because she had almost like a Jersey accent. You know, oh, she's wow. The- Klaus, you son of a bitch! You know, you're looking for her cat the whole time. (laughs) She might have been pitching a bit wide. Uh, You do
2: also have Kia Dulia seen here um, not in space, as um, I usually expect him to be. And John Saxon, the cultist man who ever lived.
0: Bruce Lee, baby.
2: Yep. Who died recently, right?
0: yes he did he died in 2020
2: yeah Yeah, that's right oh god well anyway this is yet another of his little contributions to the awesome world of cult um, and cult horror in particular it's um yeah it's the story of a creepy serial killer who is in the habit of calling up a sorority house and menacing the people who live there and um a lot of it is dedicated to the search for his first victim if I remember correctly um, and it's just it's just a very creepy kind of slasher movie. It's made very early on in the slasher movie cycle. It predates Halloween. It's um, after a couple of the Italian efforts, of course, because they basically invented it with their giallo um, yeah. genre. Um, but in terms of American attempts on this, you've basically had a couple of things in the sixties, like Psycho, um, and a couple of other little um, genre obscurities. But Black Christmas was the first very successful. Uh, movie that really solidified the idea, the premise of you know a group of friends who are slowly picked off. But yeah, there's interesting stuff going on here. It's menacing, and in particular, the final shot is one of the, just the creepiest things, you know, that you'll see. So yeah,
0: Absolutely. I, I yeah. love what you said there because I think you know I watched it actually for the first time this year. Mm. Oh right, uh, I'd always had it in my back burner because of the tie-in to a Christmas story. It's the same mm. director.
2: Oh, right. Right. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. the Guy We Love from A Christmas Story directed that. So I've always wanted to get into it and I've always known about it and I've seen all the scenes, but it wasn't until watching it that I really understood. And I think it's if I can say anything else, it, which it's so unique. I yeah, I love the creepiness of the prank phone calls and how he's saying oh. it isn't the classic what you'd expect, like, Oh, you're sexy, I'm gonna come get you. You know, he's like, Where's the baby Agnes and shit? And you're like what? <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> No.
2: Oh God, can't you? You just ask me what I'm wearing. This is horrible. Yeah, totally, yeah,
0: exactly. I'm just like, uh <laughs> forget Agnes. Uh, do you want to hear about my nightgown? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Who is that Agnes? Is... Why is it important? <laughs> oh God, yeah. And it's and the
2: way in which it ties into Christmas, I think, is just this because it is there. It's all about the girl. The, the girls are planning their return home for the Christmas holidays, and some of them are planning not to return home but to, you know, abscond with boyfriends and such. And there's a great feeling of finality that is interrupted. Um, and almost all of them are experiencing troubled home lives, if I remember correctly, domineering fathers and um, pregnancy scares and um, whatnot. Yeah. And as a result, it just creates this idea of a dysfunctional little um, clique that these people are living in, which is what allows the killer to ultimately have so much control over the situation. Is just that they're not, no one is as close as they should be, and that sort of ties into a kind of anti-Christmas message of uh, beneath the sort of pleasant seasonal veneer you've got these sort of deep problems which are exploitable by this crazy man um and i think the the remake there have been a couple of remakes one in 2006 and i think one last year
0: oh god and, they're terrible
2: yeah i didn't see the one last year but the one back in 2011 or so the one that had dawn from buffy in it right um the problem with that one was that it just explained to the killer it went into real detail under who he was and his childhood trauma and classic naughty slasher movie mistake of just i know what will make him scarier if we h- explain who he is
0: yeah yeah I I mean, like, in no. another thing is like, the actors in the original are just the i mean aside from margot kidder who was really big she's drunk the whole time it's oh yeah <laughs> unknowns and it feels real where there's yeah. nothing quite like getting all of these you know b-list actresses that are just up and coming and shoving them in something that, yeah. that maybe they weren't really set for and then it just feels phony.
2: Yeah, and I do love Margot Kidder in this, incidentally. She's immediately as sassy as um, she ever was in in her roles, and uh, she has that great sort of, yeah, <laughs> that toughness that comes very naturally to her, which I really liked. She died recently as well, right? Oh, yep. God. It's a I think
0: depressing would... film to have brought up. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, yeah, the one with all the dead people. But that's just, just going to keep <laughs> happening to us. I mean, But yeah, <laughs> just wrote about this. Uh, it hasn't posted hmm. yet, but- that's on my I back.
1: <laughs> so uh, when oh, wow. when Matthew asked me to join the podcast, I didn't know a lot of cult Christmas movies, again, because most of them that I've seen are very mainstream. But I love <laughs> horror, so I did watch Black Christmas. Um, and I when I was watching it, I didn't realize that I had come before Halloween. Um, mm. And I think it subverts a lot of the slash tropes, even though they didn't exist yet, which I mm. I hadn't realized when I was watching it. Um, I just, like, after I watched it, texted my friends who had seen it um, about how the final girl wants an abortion and how mm. a lot of the women in the movie are directly going against... I mean, like, as sorority girls, I don't know if Canadian sorority girls are different than American ones, but, but the... Stereotype is that sorority girls are um, promiscuous and yeah, they 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 like don't follow traditional like nuclear family roles. Mm. Um, I mean, I feel like that's more of a thing now that they do, but in in this case, um, I feel like they were all trying to like escape um, Mm. traditional family roles. And uh, are killed for it, and then like the way that um, Claire, when she's killed, is like put in a rocking chair with a baby, and it feels mm. like the killer is very much trying to put them back in those roles. And I mean, I didn't think about it until I was talking right now, but there's also like a queerness <laughs> to mm. sorority houses, and like uh, is it Barb who has a choker and bangs, which is like very queer. Um, mm. not that they like give off that vibe at all, but like it is there are a lot of slashers where there's like a co-ed cast, and this one is all women, except for
0: oh, that's a good point
1: the um the the two men who are trying mm. to hurt them because um like is it jess Jess is the final girl, her boyfriend is also like they suspect that it's him. But he's still violent against them regardless of whether he's the killer. So
0: hmm. Right. You know, most slashers go after the couple, actually. You think about it like you Friday the thirteenth and Halloween. It's all about, you know, young teenagers trying to have sex and sneak around and then they get murdered because of it. So it's sort of like the tale changed. Like this case, it's hmm. like it's a lot of punishment for their decisions that I have nothing to do with that. Like nothing to do with them out there trying to be bad or something. And it's like all the future ones they get into, well, we need to these people are going to die because they're not living Christian lives or something. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I haven't watched the 2006 one yet, but I did read the Wikipedia page and did read that the killer's backstory is in that. It seems like that story has a lot to do with like family trauma. So I mean, not that that influenced the original one, but if, if you are taking it into account. I mean, that's also implied by the way that he talks mm. on the phone. It sounds like that the Agnes is probably someone that, that he knows or someone in the family. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, it's like Ralphie's cousin. <laughs> and the killer's <laughs> actually dad, Ralphie's dad. Because, you know, remember he used to cuss at that furnace in the basement just to make sure it's the same thing on the phone calls
2: hmm <laughs> Are you saying that Ralphie's gonna grow up to be a serial killer? That's all I'm
0: saying. <laughs> I, 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 and I- and definitely a woman hater. I mean, look at look at the way he was raised. Shoots his eye out and everything. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. I think it's my turn. Um I am going to settle on uh, I did all horror as well. Great. And I will do this in the order in which I love them, but uh I'll start with Krampus. Um hey. I, yeah, Growing up with a, a German mother, uh, I, of mm. course, always had the the Krampus uh, as this idea. When I first heard about it as a kid, I was like, that's so much scarier. Like the opposite of mm. Santa is actually Satan. You know, it's, just, it's <laughs> this horrible, evil thing. And it's way worse than like, oh, Santa won't like you and he'll just give you something bad. The Krampus will come. He would give coal. But in this case, he murders people. And Yeah, he
2: takes children th- away.
0: Yeah, it's a a cool (laughs) movie because it's very um, surreal and very sci-fi, actually. Like, Mm. the moment they're getting attacked, they're not really on Earth anymore. They're sort of in some spirit realm. And and yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. It had a a pretty good cast. Uh, Tony Mm -hmm. Collette, Adam Scott. Yeah. And the director... uh, Alison Lohman as well. I looked him up. Right, He's famous for the Trick or Treat series. Um, He wrote a bunch of X-Men movies and stuff like that. But I think it's appropriate as somebody who created Krampus and the monster in that is really good that he did Godzilla King of the Monsters. And he's (laughs) going to be he he wrote the story for Godzilla versus Kong. So, Hmm. yeah, if you haven't seen it and you like horror, um, it's a great like, you know, alternate take on kind of what we're talking about. You're a bad person. Guess what? Krampus will come and take you out.
2: Yeah, it's fun. It's it's sort of turning the Christmas myths. It's very much like a, um, oh, I want to say Norwegian. I might be wrong in that film called uh, *Rare Exports*. Yeah, I in which that... they uh, reinvent the sort of uh, ornaments of Christmas, the like um, iconography of it as sort of sinister little things, like with the killer gingerbread men and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the little toys that attack you in the attic. Yeah, there's um, a kind of cute subversion of the uh, of the iconography and. Yeah, it's it's fun because at the beginning it it sets itself up very much like a um National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation style setup. You know, with the chaotic family getting together and then forces them into this survivalist situation in which um they have to try and come together and and um fairly quickly fail to do so.
0: It would go out as you what you said in the beginning. This one's about Christmas.
2: Yes, this one I think is about the idea of Christmas and is a sort of scary version of the um you know, brought together by adversity, kind of thing, or right. not as it may turn out. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, right from its opening sequence, the slow motion raid on the shop, um, which is just brilliant, just a wonderfully sort of humorous, um,
0: uh, oh, little was moment. In your top five, did I steal this from you?
2: Oh, no, it was one of my um optionals, yeah.
0: Okay, good, <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> Um, I'm, like, I'm like you know a lot about this uh oh it's good stuff and um
2: yeah the only other thing i have say about it is um oh uh, i learned who krampus was not from having a um, german mother but because uh, jamie fox explains it in collateral so that's why i learned
0: about who krampus was back in 2003 or so and i guess that ties that in as a christmas movie so i guess that's I <laughs> it enjoying. is it actually Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, we'll f- we're f- we're full. We are full circle, all the way around, and uh, it's back to you, Taylor.
1: I was gonna say I was in the. I'm in the middle of watching Krampus. Like oh, right <laughs> Yeah, because I was watching through the movies that you had given me samples of. Um, <laughs> and I, I do. I, I thought it was older than it is, and mm. um, I do. I like. I love horror comedies. So. I like that it's funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like Uh, it brings in all, like you just have to have like some problem with scary visuals because otherwise it's really a delight. It's funny and it makes fun of the whole thing and (laughs) it throws in a little history at you. Yes. It's it's delightful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just so cute as well. Um, (laughs) Speaking of when it came out. I remember me and a group of friends went to go see it at a midnight screening because we were trying to kill time for our 4 a.m. screening on the opening night of of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Wow.
0: <laughs> did you make it? We did.
2: <laughs> but Krampus was a great primer for that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Um, yeah, Taylor Choice, number two. And I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, if, you, uh, if I jump ahead, it's just because I try to keep the schedule going, but mm. jump in and just uh, throw in your stuff, and I try to clean it up.
1: That's totally fine. Um so my number 2 is Jack Frost.
0: Oh. Um
1: not the horror movie, the one oh. with Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen the horror one, but um my favorite podcast probably is the Bectal cast. Um I don't hmm. know if you've listened to it, but it's a feminist movie podcast. Um and they covered it on their Patreon a few years ago. So that's how I heard about it and it was free on demand um this week and so i watched it because i was gonna write about it and i did but it ended up being a disaster because um it's just a very weird movie and the whole thing is unsettling um the puppet is very scary it's like a jim henson (laughs) puppet it's not cgi um And I think the Bethel cast said that the, the the like puppet is the first thing in the Jim Henson exhibit, like it's in the entrance. What? Um <laughs> yeah.
2: to keep kids out of it.
1: Um and like one of the kids in the movie has like spiked blonde hair, and the kids have like war style snowball fight. Michael yep. Keaton is like in a rock band that sings Frosty the Snowman, but like as a rock band and he has one earring and eyeliner and conveniently dresses exactly like a snowman before he dies um and also the whole movie is supposed to teach you that he's a bad father but (laughs) he really is not a bad father he just missed his kid's game one time
0: um we didn't have like a subplot where he wasn't fixing the house quickly enough
1: I don't think, I mean, like, I could have missed it. I did fall asleep at one point, but. <laughs> um. I think it's
0: really, really on him to finish up. I might be confusing it with Mr. Mom, but I don't think I am. I think there's a scene in Jack Frost where um, his wife is, like, so mad at him because he never finished this addition to the house. And that's also what made him a bad husband and bad father. And I've always laughed at that because I've remodeled the house and it's miserable. It's miserable <laughs> and you never get done. So I was always just like, great. I guess I'm a horrible, horrible human because yeah, when you I die never... and come back as a snowman, because <laughs> I never terrible. finished that tiling job on that bay window. <laughs> Fuck you, Matthew. Uh,
1: yeah, I just like cannot. I just like don't think I knew what I was watching. That that when <laughs> after he dies, um, the next Christmas when his kid goes to build a snowman, it's the entirety of landslide plays while. He's oh, building the snowman. <laughs> um, it's just a it's a really wild movie, and I love bad movies, so hmm. yeah, um I think that's one I'm gonna keep watching now. It also really has nothing to do with Christmas. like Christmas is happening, but it just needed to be snowy outside, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally well, that.
2: And you to add one very important thing to your plot rundown, which was very good. But I think you missed out the fact that the band that Michael Keaton is in Ooh. is a band that exclusively does hard rock covers of Christmas carols, it seems. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is he, what's he doing at the beginning? Is he doing Jingle Wheels? No, I can't. No, it's Frosty the Snowman. It is Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, Amazing. What, what foretell, what, um, what do you call it? What well, portents, you know, um. Uh, <laughs> foreboding a masterful foreboding on behalf of the director
0: but the audience are just loving it and i love that Mm -hmm. yeah and i'll just shout out um this movie really was creepy but come on (laughs) you know everybody really wants to watch the horror jack frost and that one is glorious it is dark and gross and weird and it hits into mythology that it should never have about like chemically enhanced snow and murderous snowman it's just beautiful (laughs) (laughs) That's not the one where snowman murders the two snowmen coming after somebody. That would be. Is awesome.
2: that the one in which a snowman murders a woman in the shower?
0: Yes. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> yes, or it could have been part two or part three because there are a number of them. But <laughs> oh, God. But yes, that's the series that has that. There's also like these enhanced um um snowpick ice things that can you can be thrown. I don't know. It's just it's amazing. <laughs>
2: Can I just say, I pulled up the Wikipedia for Jack Frost, and a little bit of trivia, three of Frank Zappa's four children appear in the film, including Moon Unit.
1: Oh Oh, yeah, I I told my friends. (laughs) I (laughs) texted them while I was watching it because I couldn't believe it was happening. I said, did you know that Frank Zappa has kids, and these are their real names?
0: (laughs) Moon Alpha. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Moon Unit is the, one of the classic ones. I can't remember who called that kid like something like Symphonic Wave or something,
0: but Moon, <laughs> Unit, Moon Unit is a classic. I named my child originally White Noise, but um, it didn't stick.
2: <laughs> Does that mean if, if someone left it, was it White Noise hyphenated? Because if not, it <laughs> might end up just being
0: White Whitaker. <laughs> That's a great call. It was definitely hyphenated because I, I don't even <laughs> go onto that Proud Boy area. The, the u.s that's something <laughs> altogether different um cool all right well that is a great choice paul you are on for number two okay a more recent one although only
2: just uh more recent than krampus but i only just more recent for me i saw it last night um
0: for the it first the time. yeah
2: yes it made the list i wanted to include it because it was very very good it's called
0: better watch out oh you just stole my number two
2: Oh no, do you want to take it? I've got others. No,
0: no. I want to hear what you have to say about it because it's a great film. It's and a very I will, good film. I will I was... talk about Die Hard next. Okay. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'll I'll figure it out.
2: I I also on my could use if taken, I had Krampus and nightmare before Christmas. So you Yeah, no, no. You
0: take this. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you think of it, especially that you've got a fresh view of it and I just yeah. thought it was fabulous. So
2: well, I loved it because it starts off as this story about... I, I don't want to spoil it, of course, because it's a movie that really... is. It's one of those great movies where it sets up that it's going to be one thing and then twists and it's about something completely different. Um, its I mean, it establishes it's going to be a sort of home invasion psychological thriller, and it is. It definitely is that. Um, it just has this wonderful twist partway through as to who is whom. Um, and... Yeah, it sets up about this kind of young, the story about these young kids who are going to get into an adventure with their babysitter. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's going to be very Stranger Things and it's going to be all the sort of American teen movies that you remember. But then it actually turns uh, and it's got creepy stuff going on. There's weird little elements being thrown in and odd lines of dialogue that make you think, oh, is that okay? And then it turns out that that's all being done on purpose, and what this is, is a complete deconstruction of that story um, in which you really, yeah, it, it's very gratifying for people who have grown up with really gross romance in um, a lot of their sort of cult movies. Um, oh, God, it's so hard to talk about this without spoiling anything. Right. Um, okay but it's got it's it's very tense it plays out kind of like michelle henneke's funny games but with a much more satisfying uh, conclusion i would say
0: which you know is one of my favorites
2: yes i do know that's one yeah. of your favorites it's a I film did. that i admire more than i like <laughs> it's not a film i enjoy watching um, oh no
0: me either i love which... again taylor this is one you should put at the bottom of your list as somebody who's new to get into never but funny games yeah don't put funny games Anywhere near the top, <laughs> it is a fascinating movie, and it's really warped. And it's just one of those that it's not fun to watch. It's like it's yeah. the same reason I'll never watch Leaving Las Vegas again, or you know, any of those. are great movies, but no, I don't want to yeah, feel that
2: bad. I don't think Michelle Haneke was very interested in repeat sales of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, better better watch out. Is much more fulfilling experience, if not quite as intellectually rigorous as a um, as a Michelle Haneker film, but. Yeah, it's got really good performances throughout. Uh, the only two famous people that I recognized was Patrick Walburton and Virginia Madsen mm-hmm. as the mostly absent parents. Um, yeah,
0: oh. exactly. And you only see them for a moment. so it's... You only see them for a
2: little bit. But hey, I love seeing Patrick Walburton. I love seeing Patrick Walburton. He's too much of a voice guy. I like his face. I want to see the guy.
0: Yeah, he um, did the original live-action Tick, right? Did you ever see? Yes, he did. Yeah, he was so delightful in that. But he's one of those that he he really kind of has the one note and <laughs> literally. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> one note. He speaks in one note. Um, yeah, I enjoyed Better Watch Out quite a bit. It's um, a movie that keeps you guessing, uh, that will have you on the edge of your seat. And um, in terms of its relationship to Christmas, I guess again, it's just meant to be the fact that it's Christmas makes it more fucked up that this very sinister thing is happening and this character is doing it because it just adds further emphasis to what should be and what actually is. So it's just another layer of irony to the whole thing.
0: It feels very Christmassy. It does feel...
2: It's got a lovely Christmassy aesthetic, you know, snowy neighbourhoods, and um, there's even a couple of... In fact, yes, um, there are references to Home Alone, which is appropriate because this is kind of satirizing Home Alone a little bit in one particular way. Um, which is made overt in um, one of the more shocking moments of violence. So
0: yeah, it's really, it's good fun. I love it. <laughs> and uh, Taylor, I imagine that that one has not been on your list yet.
1: No, but I was looking it up as you're talking and it looks like hmm. it's on Tubi for free. Yeah.
0: Huh.
1: Um, Which I have. So, I mean, it's free for everyone, but that's, uh, they have a lot of good um, horror. So yeah, oh, I'm de- I like look, I, I Google imaged it, and there's also like photos of uh, Happy Death Day and mm-hmm. like things that are similar. And one. I,
0: I, I, one. Oh, my God. I
1: do love that. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like a genre
2: savvy horror movie, you know, one that's seen them mm-hmm. all and isn't just going to, you know, give you the same thing again.
0: I love it. Well, okay, yeah. that uh, gives me my number two, which that would have been it. Uh, so we agree. <laughs> In that way, I mean, I just thought it was a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. uh, my no, let me, let me here. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for um Silent Night Deadly Night 2. Number two, oh god, the second one, yeah, I haven't seen that one, I know of it, and of course, Garbage Day, you know, well, but- there's the thing, it, it's got such a like a, oh, you got to see that for the Garbage Day scene because the Garbage Day scene is absolutely hilarious, and yeah, if you haven't seen it, Taylor, just Google garbage day on YouTube and you will get the gist of it. It's a ridiculous scene. And the idea is, is this, the director had never done anything. I think he's famous for doing um, some trailers or something. I don't know. Uh, or no, you know what it is? I don't know. He sucks. Was the point. He's an editor is what it was. He's edited like 50 things, but I don't think he was right. ever wanted to be a director or, or anything. So we have this weird movie that sort of takes over directly. Like if you watch it, the whole beginning, like the first 30, 40 minutes, it's just clips from yeah. Night, Deadly Night.
2: Which is a classic trashy horror movie sequel thing to do when you don't have the budget to make a whole new movie.
0: But I like what they did. Because Ricky, the guy who plays him, I can't even think of his name right now. I've got to pull it up. He is a fucking maniac. Um, his name is Eric Freeman. I remember uh, on the on like pre-Reddit, there was, I was on some... I must've been on MySpace, And there was this call back in the nineties of we need to find Eric Freeman. Cause he disappeared after this. And there was all these, these stories about what could have happened to him. And finally somebody who knew what was up, got him to join in to, you know, a thread and, and to say, yeah, I'm okay. I'm here. Yeah. I just stopped acting a long time ago and also leave me alone. But this movie, it's pretty much just him wagging his eyebrows. Like that's how he acts. Like everything he says, it's very Shatner-esque. But it's delightful to watch. I mean, it's it's a bad movie, but it's one of those really good bad movies because it's so stupid. I mean, he kills his <laughs> girlfriend with a um, an antenna off of a jeep. He there's a great scene where he gets the gun where the police officer is like coming at him and he keeps kind of putting the gun in his face and he just does this quick lame reversal and just shoots him right in the head. It's horribly violent and just stupid and very eighties. And mm-hmm. you just accept it all because that was the world at the time. There's no way that movie can be made today that anyone would know about it. This is the kind of stuff that gets flushed down the toilet, but it is in its moment at the time. I read a funny trivia thing about it, and I about what you mentioned, and you know what we know it that the beginning has so much from part one. They had to, in the ending credits, put all the people who were in the first one as well as all the people that were in the second one, they <laughs> used that much footage, yeah. <laughs> yeah worth anyone's time if you haven't seen it just get get a drink you know get yourself a little stupid if you if that's eating a cheesecake i don't know what <laughs> it is. get stupid sit on the couch and put it on and just wait for it it's awesome yeah and i'll end that with garbage day <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah and it feels like the kind of attempt to market a movie at the kind of I, I don't know i picture it as being very much part of its time when was it produced in the late 70s early 80s?
0: Oh yeah, I think it's probably an 83 or 84 even. Like it, it was Oh 84 was sunlight like, night Deadly night one. So it just got to be Oh gosh, and yeah, 86. Something right on the heels.
2: I just picture it playing in the kind of uh cheap nasty uh theaters that don't exist anymore, sort of offering people an alternative to the, you know, hey. Gremlins playing in the next um <laughs> in the next screen.
0: That's exactly And <laughs> I think that's what makes it so fun is that yeah. everything was getting kind of too serious and then we just get this it's a random ass movie, but I mean, almost any scene is like Garbage Day. You could just pull it out. You'd be like, why?
2: <laughs> like, I forgot why? Linnea Quigley's in the first one. That's fun. You're not oh. seeing
0: Linnea. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back to you, Taylor. This is your number one.
1: Yeah. So I I thought about this for a while, and I was going to do Muppet Christmas Carol, but I think I'm going to go oh. with the, <laughs> the Princess Switch Cinematic Universe. Um, so Princess Switch 1 and Princess Switch 2 switched again. Wow. Um, (laughs) um, they're so, so bad, but I, I, I'm a big rom-com fan, but I don't really like Christmas rom-coms very much because they're all pretty much the same and they're all very like, very sappy and I like, like camp movies. So... I would say, like, I don't like the Christmas Prince movies. I think they're a little, trying a little too hard, but it's the Princess Switch movies. Like, there's so many Vanessa Hudgens, and nothing really makes sense. There's also, like, baking. Um, and in the second one, there's their cousin, who's another Vanessa Hudgens, and she just, like, has, <laughs> she has a... Uh, Two little, like, henchmen who just, like, pickpocket for her. And then she tries to steal the crown just for money, even though, like, she could have just... They don't need to switch at all, is really, like, the thesis of the movies is that there's no reason. They could really just, like, help each other out with the amount of work they have to do. Um, None of them really seem happy in their relationships, but... I don't know. There's something. There's something so fun about how terrible that they are, and I keep. I hope they keep coming out. I guess that's all I have to say.
2: <laughs> it's gorgeous. It looks brilliant. I I just pulled up the Wikipedia and the plot summary just switched again. It says unbeknownst to both women, a third lookalike, Margaret's evil cousin, Lady Fiona. And I just love the idea of the evil cousin. I want to yeah. be somebody's evil cousin.
0: Right. It's it so just, rich of the old days,
1: they. It's just like the the Netflix Christmas movies. I haven't seen all of them, but the rest of them seem like pretty reasonable whereas these movies and then also The Night Before Christmas, which is the other Vanessa Hudgens oh. Netflix Christmas movie, none of them have any rational plot. Like they they really went out there for these and I I lo- I like that. <laughs>
0: I know what you mean. You know what they are? They're like a level higher than some of the other garbage, garbage. Like when I have a 15-year-old, but when he was he's pretty young, he'd like always find a Christmas movie that he wanted to watch. So there's this one, and it's this genre. Anyone who knows anyone who's ever had a kid knows. Um there's like one called The Christmas Puppy. And you know, there ends up being like a dog in it, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the dog. They put a puppy. <laughs> up oh my
2: god, Matt, this is terrifying. Yeah, no, um, they're
0: really terrifying.
2: For one good thing, we reviewed a Hallmark Christmas movie for the I, first time. You know what I'm And trying- it was called um, "A Christmas Wedding Tale." Tale, T A I L, <laughs> and it had. And yeah. it had these two dogs in it who were um oh, oh, apparently earlier in the series they'd been voiced by Mario Lopez now they were voiced by the guy who was the main guy in Mafia exclamation mark
0: Oh so you're saying they got an upgrade they got an upgrade <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Mario, you, Lopez. You Mario
2: Lopez no but, no but it was it was about these it was supposed to be about these dogs but they do nothing in the movie except occasionally have a sassy line and you're <laughs> telling me this is like typical for the genre It is it is yeah there oh are a my bunch God.
0: of I started the other morning. I was up really early. I, I have like two weeks off, so I was already getting into it. I went for like one of those channels that I get free on my TV that just advertises to me, and I watched A Kiss for Christmas, and it was this pile <laughs> of shit with no actor you've ever heard of. I think right. Jana walked in at one point and she looked at the screen and she was like, "Hey, that guy was in ER," and I was like, "Yeah, probably," you know. Yeah, <laughs> That's how we roll around here. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's. They're going to kiss at the end, I guess. So yeah, that's how we are
2: is you either become George Clooney or you're going to be in a Christmas kiss. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) All right. One other thing is there is a Hallmark movie just coming out, which has Mario Lopez uh, playing Colonel Sanders. I watched it. (laughs) You watched it. The romantic comedy recipe for desire. Didn't make it to the
0: top three.
1: Oh, oh, yeah! I like didn't even think about doing that because it just came out last week. But um, <laughs> I have two friends that I watch um. 911 with every week. It's a like really campy Ryan Murphy firefighter show. Wow. And we, (laughs) it's also bad, but has nothing to do with Christmas. Um, however, Uh I was like scrolling on Facebook as we were on Zoom, and I'm part of like a Bachelor fan group, and someone posted about this, and we were like, "How is this real? Is this real?" And we looked it up, and it was real. So we recorded it. And watch it together over Zoom. It's fifteen minutes long. It's I like the the Colonel Sanders part wasn't the the weirdest thing about it.
0: Would you oh. guys, would you say it was finger looking good?
1: Oh oh, it was so good. We wanted it to be longer. <laughs> like the premise of the movie is that she, there's this woman and she's uh, engaged to this man, and then she meets their chef. Uh, Colonel Sanders, and <laughs> he, he has a secret recipe, that's the only thing they know about each other, and then suddenly they're in love, but hey. turns out her fiancé is also sleeping with her mom, and then her <laughs> mom... Say also
2: sleeping with Colonel Sanders.
1: No, 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 no. they're <laughs> all mad that she's in love with Colonel Sanders instead of her fiancé, and then they all kidnap oh. her best friend, and tie him up, and then hold him hostage, so... Oh, wait, no, they hold Colonel Sanders hostage, and they knock out her best friend.
0: Oh, no. But you know, true Um, story, uh, Colonel Sanders, when he first opened a restaurant in Kentucky, he wasn't called that, it was called something else, but he had, like, one hundred and twenty things on the menu, and he hired some people to come in and help him, like because his chicken was good. And the first thing they were like, you know, like let's scale this down. You only need like five things on the menu, and that was Get like. Go to the pizza. That was his success. And <laughs> easy to lose the dim song. It's just yeah, not... it's just like, dude. You know, <laughs> I think there's a there's an episode of uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, whatever. It's the one with Will Ferrell, and mm-hmm. uh, he and Jerry go to this like. uh it's like a greek restaurant and one thing that will ferrell says is he picks up this thick menu it's like 12 pages and he just says you know with a menu like this they do all of it really well <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point yeah lot of the best
0: best places or best fast food places anyway just have a few things on the menu
2: but i can't but believe it's that, real first off that, i saw the advertisement before i knew it was oh, a God, short. Yeah. But
0: now we know it's real
2: I didn't realize it was fifteen minutes. I really hope that they had. I know Hallmark; they could have sque- uh, squeezed out a fifteen minute into feature length easy with just shots of a vineyard. If they dogs have dogs, running
0: around. if they have dogs that can talk three times in it and make it a two hour movie, they could have done this. I bet you KFC was like, "Well, this is a joke, it's, guys." It's
1: technically um, so it's it's on Lifetime. It's a mini movie, and it's considered right. like a, a movie commercial. Um, but it has it's a little like, to do with KFC. There's chicken in it two times. It's mainly about how the lead woman's mom is sleeping with her fiance.
2: Oh my god. Wow. It was so it's incredible. like machete,
0: it's like a fake trailer for yeah. a Colonel Sanders movie. Yeah. Oh my uh-huh. god, I hope get made. You know, which is a shame because I I've, I've never been to England, but from what I know from um that hmm. Amelia D's well, I'll I'll just have to tell you her last name some other time the chicken shop date that she does on youtube i now know that england has more chicken shops than anywhere i have a feeling you guys are yeah. just like rolling in the chicken we don't get as much fried chicken here yeah, garbage. A- <laughs> yeah, is garbage yeah we have
2: a lot of chicken places it's um um probably due to our very diverse you know uh population we have here in england but yeah we have um a great deal of demand for um the fried chicken places, and it's great. It's great having chicken around the place because I yeah not fried that, chicken. That other day, Pengus
0: Munch. Did you ever see that? Was I? The Pengus Munch, I think is what he called himself. It was just, it was oh, this guy. No. And he, every episode, he'd just go to a different chicken place. <laughs> but I love the fact
2: that they try to rip off KFC. I don't know if it's an attempt to try and trick people uh, into coming in, but we have like PFC, which is perfect fried chicken. Um, like, so, this is a mystery. Like, I once saw an HFC, and it's like, what? what? Wait happy fried <laughs> you have to like think of yeah. as a thinker but yeah. hey now you're thinking about hfc next time you're hungry maybe oh, yeah.
0: yeah all right well,
2: you're up for number 3 okay my favorite and most obscure christmas tradition um is peculiarly english but there's not a chicken shop to be seen oh I'm an, I know, I'm sorry. It's during the 1970s, we did this thing called Ghost Story for Christmas. And we're doing it again now. And Mark Gattis, who um has done a number of things, including playing Sherlock's brother in the Benedict Cumberbatch um, Sherlock Sherlock series. And also, I think he was quite involved in Doctor Who, but I'm not sure about that one. But anyway, he's a big writer guy and he's doing it now. But the originals were these 1970s films um that were usually less than an hour, all directed by... For the most part, this one guy, um, let me just get his name, Lawrence, where are you? Lawrence Gordon-Clark. And each of them is an adaptation of an old ghost story. Uh, most of them written by M.R. James, but there's also a Dickens and a couple of contemporary, uh, stories in there. And they're just so fabulously creepy. Um, they're kind of perfect for Christmas. All of them have these wintry, foggy, kind of crisp aesthetic. The first one was called Whistle and I'll Come to You, which is about an old man who goes on a walking holiday along Britain's um, seaside, and he finds a whistle which says, um, who is this who is coming, written onto the whistle, and he blows it, and over the next few nights, he's haunted by these really genuinely frightening nightmares of someone chasing him across the beach, and then on the last night, something comes to him. Um, It's immensely creepy, really frightening for a film that was made in 1968, which isn't to say, of course, there's loads of great frightening movies from back then, but it's particularly modern in the way in which it is frightening. Um, And then you just had the cycle of different stories. The Stores of Barchester is about, technically, it's about a man reading the diary of a man who becomes the new um, cleric in a cathedral but finds that the chair that the old cleric who went mad sat on is having this weird effect on him. It's got like these cat, this cat carved into the chair and he keeps swearing that he can actually feel it moving and such. Um, my favorite one is probably The Treasure of Abbott Thomas, which is a story, a lot of these stories are about, um, one of the films is called A Warning for the Curious, and that's basically also the theme of the whole thing, which is a scholarly old man goes where he shouldn't, finds something, and it scares. It continues to scare him to death. So it's kind um, of a
0: Twilight Zone-y, yeah. you know, Dark Shadows kind of...
2: Yeah, there's definitely that aspect to it. Okay. And I like that. Um The Treasure of Abbott Thomas is my favorite because it's about a guy who's hunting after a treasure and he goes and finds it. But as and it's all about the build up about him following clues, there's lots the of Indiana Jones style, you know, oh the gargoyles, all triangulating on this one point and if we go beneath. And finally he goes down there in the middle of the night on his own and he unearths the treasure and essentially gets attacked by a slime monster. But the way they realize this with visuals and with audio is one of the most frightening things i've seen in a movie it's just it's like this horrible gasping horror like a lovecraftian kind of creepiness um that comes forth and it's just beautiful um and then that film goes on for a bit more and then has one of the creepiest endings to anything i've ever seen so it's a very good series is my point um yeah sounds great the Signalman is also great. It's a Dickensian story with Denim Elliott in it, uh, speaking of Indiana Jones. Um, and yeah, it's about a signalman who is seeing weird visions at the bottom of the uh, train uh, train hole, I was about to say, the tunnel um, that the train goes the through. In the train hole.
0: In the train
2: <laughs> hole. I look after this here train hole. <laughs>
0: well, I, one thing I'll say, I looked it up, uh, Lawrence <laughs> Shorten-Clark. Um, yeah. I love that... Uh, the stalls of Barchester might be the yeah, most man. British quote-unquote scary <laughs> Christmasy thing ever. I mean, what? <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that'd be like we. I have something like the the Fast and the Furious of KFC snowmen. You're just like, okay. ah, yes. God, God damn it. American man. drama. <laughs> the stalls of Barchester. That's awesome. The stalls of Barchester. It's marvelous. Yeah, I assure you. That's wonderful. Yay. <laughs> Well, cool. Um, but that leads uh, to. Hmm. I just had to. We, actually, I'm choosing one that I wasn't going to choose because I. It's cult. Whatever. I'm choosing yeah. um, Child's Play. Child's okay. Play. Oh, is, yeah. First off, my favorite slasher film of of any genre, but also, yeah, it's a Christmas film. I mean, that's how he gets Chucky. And you know, written by Don Mancini, uh, directed by Tom Holland. It's it's got Chris Sarandon. It's it's just great. There's nothing, it, it invented, it, well, it didn't invent, it, we had creepy doll shit, like stuff from Twilight Zone and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Twilight Zone. we would had some creepy stuff, but we never Tina. had. Right, yeah, absolutely. We never had a Chucky. Chucky was so mm. lifelike, you felt the personality um, coming from, what's his face, Brad Dourif, Brad Dourif, and oh. that Chucky voice, yeah, it just, it, it sings in my heart, and yeah.
2: On that note, did you see the remake in which he was mo- voiced by Mark Hamill?
0: Because mm. I didn't, and I was curious. Was fucking terrible. Like I don't it's know. just so disappointing.
2: Was Hamill good?
0: Oh, I don't know. It just didn't matter, right? It's a, like Aww. an iPad and like, again, iPhones controlling Chucky, and Chucky yeah. would, turn off his like his filter or something. It was like all explained in this dumb, on the nose kind of way that we hate. Why? No. Why did? Why was Chucky taken to the top of a building and and Brad Dourif used satanic magic to put his soul <laughs> into? It? We don't know. I don't want to know. Yeah, let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, it's typical. No
0: mystery in all of these remakes. Just took it all the way, made it a a doll that was broken or whatever. No, I want Satan doll. I love that. It's like
2: people have always wondered what the origins of this thing are. It's like, yeah, yep. So, so, so what? <laughs> you want them to not wonder anymore? It's like <laughs> the wondering is good. Yeah, absolutely. The wondering is mysterious.
0: Hey, I, I've had I've had that said to me many times. It's like don't worry so much about knowing worry about wondering as long as you're wondering (laughs) your brain's doing something when you know something you think you know it and that's it well you stop thinking about it once you've had it explained totally Mm. that's why I hate Highlander too so that's
2: why I hate all educational systems (laughs) 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 so I just I was saying out loud I was like hang on a minute what you just said was a really dumb argument in favor of just general stupidity (laughs) there's always more things to wonder about and the more things you know you focus in on the better, wondering things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's. I think a- movie
2: man was a is an increasingly apt description of what I am.
0: <laughs> these are these are our picks, movie man educator. <laughs> How are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> I I have to admit that I still will not watch Child's Play because Ooh. when I was younger there was I I was at a birthday party I think I was like seven and there was a Chucky doll in. One of the claw machines at a restaurant, and I got so scared that I wouldn't oh, I couldn't sleep <laughs> and horror really doesn't bother me at all anymore. and i'm I've been pretty immune to it, but I just like will not watch Child's Play still. it made it so real.
0: It, like this is this little boy was so happy. The premise is perfect because they didn't mess around. They didn't make the little boy mean or the mom mean. They were this mm-hmm. loving family and there's this cute scene where he makes his mom breakfast and he pours the cereal and everything. And it's just all so oh endearing yeah. and your heart hurts. And then all oh, he wants is this little buddy to be his only friend. He just wants a friend because he That's doesn't something- have any real friends.
2: There's something really nice about the mom kid relationship in that because it's a single mom and she's having to work really hard to get yeah. her kid the things that he wants. And not only does she succeed in doing that, but you know when this immense threat comes, you know comes up. If I remember correctly, I haven't seen it in a little while. She does believe him early on, right? And then it's sort of them versus the police and such in terms of getting For people sure. to believe I mean, him because he, she goes to the, burn it. Yeah, super he does, early like,
0: on. he's like, "What? You're not burning me? <laughs> yeah, grabs he in the hand <laughs> or something. She's like, "Oh, shit."
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I like the fact that it's sort of, yeah, her and her kid, and, you know, she's going to be able to solve this problem as well. And eventually they manage it, although not sufficiently to ensure that there aren't now six more sequels or whatever.
0: And they're because all he, good. There's one where like, Well, like, they get better, right? Training. Because it's a cult of yeah. Chucky. Yeah. Cult yeah, of no.
2: Chucky is like the sixth one, and it's meant to be really good.
0: Well, no, it is really good. I saw it. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they went all through it. They like eventually had like this. uh Genderless child who was also a murderer and mm. <laughs> classic lines like um, the little boy says to Chucky, he says, "Well, ma- mom says, which was Jennifer Tilly, mom says that yeah. violence violence is bad," and he's like, "No, she meant violins are bad. Violins are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's very cheesy, and if I remember, it eventually becomes quite progressive." In its Absolutely. own little point. yeah, yeah, no, it's very sort of you know, love positive.
0: Even if two murderous evil dolls want to love each other, then yeah, you know, used to say, and if and those they, two make murder- their, they make their little child who has no gender identity and which is very, uh, a very modern idea, and that he has to deal with those sorts of problems, and
2: yeah, and he he, he gets over it and he, he accepts his son. It's 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 really weird how good yeah. some of the sequels were. And I think, if I remember correctly, even though they've rebooted it. They are still continuing with original Chucky Cam uh Cam uh, Canon right with Brad Dourif.
0: I mean they weren't done. They just decided to reboot, which is terrible. I mean we saw. Well, what, I think um, that's still going. If I remember correctly, Let me... No, not the first week. It's the last. The last Jedi. You see. Oh, don't you, can, you get you can started. destroy something, but you don't kill the heart of it. Don't you get
2: started on <laughs> the last Jedi? We do not have time for me <laughs> to explain once again why you and everyone else on the internet is wrong about how brilliant the last Jedi. Is. <laughs> oh yes i have enough of that with my housemate paul's like that's not garbage that please check out <laughs> please check out our my five-star review of the last jedi which is on the screen mayhem website still There's nothing you can do to change well actually yes you could easily change that but i'm hoping
0: you don't i would never i'll go i'll go <laughs> read it i i read most of your reviews 99 percent. that one was maybe one i scrolled to the bottom saw your rating and said i don't want to hear it Yes, I know, and
2: I, I also have not listened to um, what I have heard is a very vitriolic episode of Screen Mayhem Extra, to which I was not invited, um, <laughs> in which you, Steven, and um, oh no! Lee, probably Lee. Lee, yeah, I think it was Lee, all discuss how terrible The Last Jedi is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was not invited to that. You're welcome.
0: <laughs>
2: Taylor, you want to so, name hey. on this?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love The Last Jedi. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, I, I Wait the 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 final rise of Skywalker. That's mm. that's the last movie I saw in theaters.
2: Yeah. Oh boy. The
1: pandemic.
2: <laughs> I'm a Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Um. But yeah, I I uh I really liked the Last Jedi. So okay. well, I couldn't give yeah. you concrete evidence now because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. But I just I I liked.
0: Well, there are things important things about it. There's gravity in space. There's um, Screw a little you, they could be magnetized. You see, this ho- horsey, I, There's a horsey casino land thing that happens. And, we cannot get into this, literally. And We've, like, what? No, we won't. This is it. <laughs> that'll, be that'll be our next episode. I'm gonna actually make the next episode of Screenplay no. is Paul Salt defending. But, uh, I don't have to. Damn it!
2: Ninety as ninety-seven percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes. You defend your position.
0: Oh, I don't have to because we all know that those ratings are all paid for, right? Just like the fake elections in the United States. <laughs> I'm going to go look here, and all the, and and the audience
2: score is all Russian bots. So I guess nobody's right.
0: <sighs> well. Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> now they're all genuinely angry. Merry Christmas! Yes, Merry Christmas! I hope I know that. I know it's a split <laughs> thing, and yeah, we're not getting into it. We're not. This is, it's just child's play. We'll always hey, come we back. let just have day. fun. Yeah. Charles' play will always lead to Star Wars. We know this. <laughs> and uh, all yeah. ha- okay. It's all just a bit of fun. Summarize it up. I want to hear, uh, let's start with Taylor because we started with you originally. What is your absolute favorite non, no genre needed, just Christmas movie? What is your no. one every year you go to?
1: Oh, oh, wow. <laughs>
0: okay, I didn't on the spot. You want a big know. one.
1: I don't know because I don't I don't watch a lot of Christmas movies. Uh, and I haven't in a long time. Um but I yeah, I think it I think it's Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um I got yeah. really into the Muppets this year. Uh they've been a good go-to since I've I've been using my friend's Disney Plus and watching all the old Muppet movies.
0: Oh my um, god. Oh my god, you know, it's because of your review of the, the Muppet movie that I got it again, watched it again, and it was really my like one of my highest movie points in like the last four months. That movie, yeah. all of joy and cameos, and just it's so yeah. comforting and nice. I hadn't seen it in probably twenty years, so mm. it was so cool. Yeah,
1: um, I, I I don't know if you're familiar with Super Yaki the the T-shirt company, but they're my favorite, and they they like love the Muppets and they always tweeted about them. And my one friend also loves the Muppets. So I was like, okay, I'll go watch the old Muppet movies. And I watched a Christmas Carol when I was younger, but I was also part of a production of Christmas Carol mm-hmm. a few years ago. And it's made me really not like it because I've just like, I know the script. We had like a hundred something performances. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Muppets Christmas Carol is so good. There's a scene where Rizzo the rat gives Gonzo a little kiss on his beak, and it's so cute, and I love it. Um, and all of the songs, it's just—I—I I want more Muppet Christmas movies, just in general. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. I love that, um, and I agree with the story. But I only watch Scrooge when it comes to that story. But the Muppets—they're back in my life. I don't know if they'll, I'll ever get the same level of satisfaction I did after watching the original again, because it was a—it was a piece of art, frankly.
1: It really <laughs> is. I didn't realize how subversive the Muppets were until now. Oh, yeah. I never—I mean, like, because the Christmas Carol is the same story; it's always been. But I right. like—I—I I was a theater major. I like know Avenue Q exists, um, and I knew it was like a subversion of or a parody of the Muppets. But then when I watched the Muppets, I was like, no, like I don't know why we needed to parody them because they're already super progressive.
0: They are, yeah, they um, they got a little I, bit of everybody in there.
1: Yeah, so yeah. that's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs>
2: Yeah. All right, you, you you are um, obliged, however, in that movie As soon as you get to the bit where Scrooge As a young man is being dumped You do have to pause the movie, find when love is gone Play that, and then imagine it was in the movie As it should have been, and then continue watching
0: Oh,
2: it. <laughs> uh, take, because, I see. Well, that got cut for bullshit reasons The, direct, the <laughs> producers said Oh, well, this scene isn't going to appeal to kids And it's like, you're, you're a bad man Wow uh-huh. The song should have been in the movie, it was great Yeah <laughs> i'll take
0: it all right what's your absolute favorite what's the oh, one god. every year huh i'm struggling <laughs> i have really? a lot of answers I, feel well, like, I i feel like I have one like i always have to watch i,
2: uh, I, I do watch. oh god i do like I, I mean it's a very cliched answer but where i do usually end up watching it's a wonderful life oh, each okay. each year it's it's really quite charming it's um' You know George Bailey with his life, and it it is a movie that a lot of, I've seen. Some people argue that it's not a Christmas movie because it's set only briefly at Christmas in the third act, um, and isn't necessarily about Christmas. But it is kind and of it, it's it, about a suicide story. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's an anti-suicide story. There's always okay. that, but it's also it's a movie about you know appreciating life and such. And the holidays can be really really depressing for a lot of people, and suicide rates do go up. Every year. And yeah. Jesus Christ, I can't imagine, you know, this year it's going to be terrible. But I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is an inherently life positive movie about uh, <laughs> there's stuff in it that's not great. I mean, the fact that Jimmy Stewart is so horrified by his wife's horrible fate of becoming a spinster. <laughs> she She's unmarried. Ah! You yeah. know, and, and it's it's just a, a movie that's entirely about the worth, the value of a life. And I like it right. for that reason. Um,
0: that's a great answer.
2: I think so. I think that's going to be it. I'm trying to think of other movies. I've got a list of Christmas <laughs> movies. There's great movies set at Christmas that aren't about Christmas.
0: No, yeah, that's what I was going to. So obviously, I always watch It's a Wonderful Life every year. It's yeah. I usually to get to go see it at my local theater. On yeah, me later. too. Yeah, and it's it's there's the joy of that too, being with a bunch of people, having some popcorn, and yeah. we all just watch the movie. And okay. Jimmy
2: Stewart's great in that movie, in particular when he's a young man. I love him at the party um, that he takes
0: his wife to. I just he's always so charismatic. It, 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 it little moon scene. You want me to get yeah. that? Yeah. When he's wearing the big pants. Yeah. Oh, oh and the dance scene. Oh, that's just... Yeah, when the floor opens up and they fall so in. many beautiful things. Oh, My tradition, though, is uh, hmm. Rogue One. Every year, I watch Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> the last good Star Wars movie. <laughs> We're not getting back into this, but it's true. <laughs> I'm going to be watching it in two days, and I'm very excited about it.
2: Uh, you know what, I do miss a Star Wars for Christmas
0: Even Rise of Skywalker I was still happy to have a little Star Wars
2: thing to watch Because we had it For some reason they put Solo on in the middle of summer But for a little while mm. there we were having consecutive Star Wars Christmases And I enjoyed that
0: Alright, well if I, if I have to go more mainstream um, I'll mm. go with Scrooge Because it was one I yeah. never really liked Because it's I like Bill Murray so much And he's so nasty in it Because he yeah, yeah. likes the character But mm. it's pretty fucking delightful And every year Scrooge is right there
2: yeah that was really good you know one thing we didn't say about him up at christmas is that michael caine really does stand up to Mm -hmm. you know all of the other serious dramatic adaptations of dickens which are all quite playful and silly in their own ways um but yeah michael caine holds up i think yeah with the with the best of them
0: yeah my
2: favorite moment i what i quite like to do and i do do this actually quite often line up all of the adaptations of a christmas carol the scene after Scrooge wakes up on Christmas Day, and you get to see him being nice, and everyone being shocked by it, because that's <laughs> that's always my favorite part of these. Because suddenly, I love the idea of just a bastard suddenly being nice to everyone, and no one totally. knowing what to make of it. Yeah, that's great. And I love um, Georgie Scott was great in that because he. Uh, I think it's either him or. Um, I he was in that. <laughs> it's him or Alistair Sim who do the thing no, where they they they're talking it. to Cr- uh, Bob Cratchit. And he's going to give him a raise, but he's pretending he's firing him. And he just like can barely contain himself at how happy he is he's. Give- he's actually going to be nice to him, and I love that.
0: I love it. Well, those are our choices, <laughs> people. Um, let us know whether you agree or not, and hopefully, we gave you some new uh, fodder for your thoughts. Uh, Please
2: fill our Twitter with what you feel about the Last Jedi. It's um, it's what Twitter needs, I think, is more <laughs> Star Wars takes. I don't feel like anybody
0: <laughs> ever talks about it, right? Nobody talks about it anymore, and I think we should. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's lovely. Uh, cool. So, Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! And happy holidays! Oh yeah, and happy have, <laughs> have a good Diwali.